previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. There's a clue in it now because it's like PG's Progenitor, 67 is the year, and AW is Albert Wesker. Ooh, what a great little way of remembering it there. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's tragic, Chris, though, don't you? I mean, every time one of his sort of family members or close team partners, he goes to heaven and earth to find them. You know, he did with Jill, he did with Claire and Crow, Veronica, and yet when he's gone fucking missing and he needs to know, oh, Claire's just jollying around going, Barry's for tea. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. Welcome to episode 30 of the Project Umbrella podcast, illegally supplying BOWs to the Eastern Slav Republic in order to make a cheeky offer to purchase Greece. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's have a look at who's joining our podcast today. He required a reboot to make him relevant. It's Batman. Hello. <laughs> He's known to expose his organ on a regular basis. It stars Tyrant. Oh, oh. Wait, hang on a minute. How did that happen? Are they always going to be abusive every episode? <laughs> yeah. An inspiration to no architects, or anyone for that matter, it's George Trevor. Hello, they obviously are going to be abusive every week, yes. And a champagne socialist, if I ever did see one, it's Mr Spencer. <laughs> that's not, I resist that's that true, the truth hurts. That's awful, I am no champagne socialist. Coming up on today's show, we have a very special edition of the Project Umbrella podcast. We're having an Ada Wong special. Uh, we've never done a podcast quite like this, where we're focusing on one character spanning a whole series of games. So that's our main focus of the podcast. We also have all the latest news, uh, and then we, of course, finish off with Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So without further ado, let's look at the news. The news is that Resident Evil Zero HD oh, course, w- w- yeah. wasn't at Japan Expo in Paris, where they, they featured heavily Street Fighter. Capcom were there. They had on sale Heavenly Island, right. on sale, the French edition, but William Birkin, uh, the cosplayer who got together a load of cosplayers to go over there, uh, very kindly reported back. No Resident Evil Zero f- uh, coverage at all. But it was at E3, of course. Yeah. And it's been officially announced for early 2016. I'm surprised with the length of time it's taken, but on the plus side, um, it looks even better than the remake. The backgrounds look fabulous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd originally questioned the difference between remake and Zero, um, and Batman had pointed out to me, yeah, you're right, I, I really noticed this big time when I played it recently, how much additional environmental features there are, you know, move, movement, you know, wine bottles that, you know, forward and backwards when the train starts moving, uh, you know, just windows opening and forward and all environmental effects. Um, so, yeah, that, that hopefully all look really, really good in HD. The interesting thing that seems to have happened is as well, it looks like the original backgrounds were remastered in 16.9. So I'm wondering if you if you play it 
it with widescreen mode enabled, will some of the backgrounds in the original version that had like a pan to it, will they just display as full 16.9 now? Oh yes, there's some scenes, wasn't there, that in, in the hall, mm. for example, it, mo- it kind of moved a bit from the pre-rendered. Mm. Now be in a solid state without any movement at all, they won't need to be. Possibly, I suppose yeah. It, yeah, I suppose it will have to be like that. It, it went down quite well, though, from from the um, impressions that I read. People were quite excited about it. Did you see the um, the way the setup they clicked express? Yes. I thought it, it I thought it looked beautiful. The lighting, I thought it looked lovely. They're definitely using the original assets, aren't they? Yeah. It, it looks far better than remake did. It shows effort yeah. as well. I thought it shows that they want it to do well. And uh, again, fingers crossed. It, that'd be the last HD game, wouldn't it? Well, apart from yeah, out- that... outbreaks, but they won't do uh, that. Yeah, well, yeah, they could do it. A... Dead aim as well, I suppose. Well, yeah, I was going to say someone was someone mentioned this to me the other day, I don't and think, I, I don't think yeah. I mean, the outbreak it. thing's no. been rumoured, but I can't see it happening. I just don't think it'd be easy it's to do because, in a sense, it's just an upscale. But I just unless they they put modern multiplayer, you know, online modes in it, I don't see the point. I don't think it would do very well as a no. offline thing. I don't know whether they'd front the money up for servers or anything now for it. See, that's what I would question. I was, I was going to say, initially, I thought in terms graphically and in terms of sales at the time, you know, recognition at the time of sale, I would have said that there's far more chance of Outbreak having the HD remaster rather than, than Dead Aim, which I kind of think, you know, exists on the fringes, isn't it? It's more like a, a cult classic. If it's just going to be one big headache to release it with the servers, then, yeah, without that, it's going to be, it's going to be limited gameplay, isn't it? So probably actually less likely that it is going to be released. Of course, the only other possible scenario is this uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake might open a floodgate in Capcom for, to do 2 and 3. Oh, no. No one thought the Final Fantasy 7 thing was ever really going to happen, and now it has. Capcom might go, hey, we can do that. Do you think it should be teased as one big Raccoon City game? It should happen at all, but... Um, oh, no, no, I, I completely guess. agree, but if they did, do you think they would combine the two? be an opportunity that would, would save them a lot of resource. You know, if they could design it all as one thing, they could cross some of the content over like the games did. And They'd make more money if they did it as two separate products, though. Because what I was thinking, I don't know if it would really work practically, is if it was released as one game and you kind of played through it, you know, two and three through the timeline. So, you know, you switch from Carlos back to the point in Resident Evil 2 and then, then back to Resident Evil 3 for the end. Wondering, you know, people would question how would it really be of any benefit just turning it into, you know, sort of, an HD update, but it did well for Code Veronica. I think we were, we were all fans of that HD remaster, weren't we? Yeah, but Code Veronica looked very, very bland in its original incarnation, whereas Resident Evil 2 and 3 still look fine now, I think. Yeah, and then the thing with Code Veronica was all they had to do was import it into a new engine. Yeah. Add some lighting, whereas everything in 2 and 3 would have to be redrawn and oh. redone. It's not just a case of upscaling yeah. it. Okay. I, I think we need to think this time next year, which would have been what, maybe four or five months after the release of Zero HD, would have a good understanding of how well that went down with the critics and the fans and whatnot. If it has the same sort of reception as Remake, Remaster, then I think there may be hints at the next year's E3 as to what may or may not happen with the series going forward. It also depends on how well received the Final Fantasy VII Remake is, because if that launches and it goes tits up and it's not as good as people you know, were hoping it to be, then Capcom might be a bit, eh, maybe there isn't that much demand for it. You'd have to let me know. I don't know if it's a pure port of Final Fantasy VII, but a remake of it. No, it's a full, fully-fledged remake. But, I mean, they've said it's not going to be out for some time yet. But, I mean, I've never played Final Fantasy ever, so how has the Final Fantasy series evolved from the gameplay of Seven? 
up to what we're up to now, fifteen. Each, I think yeah. each one does a different thing with its combat system and. So magic that's system. the point, you know. If some people would argue that the the archaic system of Resident Evil One and Two are completely outdated, would if if they've released Seven as it was with the same control scheme and you know, interface, if you like, would that seem too too old? No, I think I think they're going to completely modernise it. And that's what scares me about Resident Evil. I don't think it'll be. It, I mean, the only thing that'll be recognisable, really, I think, in, seven, in Final Fantasy VII, would be the story and the and characters. The I think everything else, or I think this, the story beats and everything will be the same. But they've already said that certain content that is in the original game won't carry over because right. it just doesn't translate to a modern audience, you know. And but that's the concern: is that if they decide to renounce Resident Evil Two remake, they're going to ruin so much, you know, to appeal to modern audiences in inverted commas. Yeah, because we have rocket-powered lipsticks. Exactly, exactly. And it doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. I'm going to be interested to see how the item management in Zero goes down with people who never played the original Resident Evil games and who weren't used to the item box system. Because obviously we all hate it. Because, Mm. But people who've never played the original games who sort of were introduced to the series from 4 onwards... I'll be interested to see how they find it when it does come out. Would well, you, you think that it will prove more popular to a modern audience than the item boxes? Or... Well, yeah, I mean, back in 2003 when it came out, we all hated it, didn't yeah. we? Because yeah. it got rid of the item boxes because that's all we were ever used to. Mm. I, whereas... I only hated it from the point of view that it just it had so much backtracking connected to it. You needed too many items to bring with you mm. to each new area. And they stupidly made um, big weapons take up two slots. Mm. So it just it just pe- over penalised you for the fact that it was a new system, I think. But a modern audience, with not, like you say, with, you know, without that memory of years and years of item boxes and things, it might it might take it better, like you say. The, the, Resident, be- the Resident Evil Four item inventory is still the best, in my opinion. Yeah, attaché caves. Attaché. <laughs> We do have other news from Japan. Biohazard The Real 3 is now open and will run from the 3rd of July to November the 8th, if everyone remembers the the first two that were released at the theme parks and the, um, the kind of experiences that you have going through kind of fake Raccoon City. New features, should we say, is implementation of projection goggles to deepen the immersion and will display readouts including the number of bullets left for your gun and your health gauge. They do put quite a lot yeah. of effort into the production values. So no, the selfish gene had been, and and he'd mentioned things that had surprised me just in terms of some references in in the presentation and the, and the decor of the games, and that they seem to almost have more respect and nostalgia for the games than Capcom currently did. I mean, this was before the HD remasters that he'd mentioned it. In the real two, there was that the setup of Robert Kendo's yes. gun shop, and they had like music playing in the background that you hear in Resident Evil 2 when you go into the gun shop, that sort of thing. And I've not really seen anything yet about 3. Uh, there's simulated blood splatters as well. <laughs> always nice, always nice. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that none of the Universal Studios over... Well, not over here, but yeah. you know, around the... Um, America get it because I, th- I think it'd be popular. Or they, yeah. or they could do because they do fright nights, don't they? At like um, Thorpe Park and places like that. And I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been a because um, mm. that, that's essentially what it is, isn't it? Fright night, the, the, the real is, is that sort mm. of thing. They could easily transport it over to uh, Alton Towers. <laughs> Mahara Desire news. <laughs> <laughs> where's news, but where's news, but we need him. 
Volume 5 is to be released in English in August. Oh, I've still got two weeks to make it an exclusive. I've got an English translation here. I've just been so lazy about photoshopping it back on because, you know, because it's Mahara Desire. I've got no desire to bloody do it. When there has been, like, Resident Evil 10 that's finally finished off the series storyline and we're doing the last ever podcast, I genuinely think this will be unfinished. This, this, this news feed of this fucking comic. Well, I, I I think it, it could be the end. <laughs> so for the first time, the uh, the story will be available in English. Three years after the manga was announced. <laughs> it's an effective tie into six, folks. This is. Make sure you read it before playing six. Imagine, ma- imagine if you've made that decision. No, no, no. I want to get the whole experience. So I'm going to do the prequel. <laughs> oh, are you in for a disappointment? <laughs> Spoiler alert. And Heavenly Island's been released in French. Has it? Oh, there we go. Thank you very much. Keep, so that, any... keep us entertained. That's news for the next four years. <laughs> is there any, uh, has there any, been any more good story beats in that yet? No. no. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's awful. I don't know what's wrong with these people in drafting. The manga, it, they're all crap. It literally is shite, apart from that one redeeming page with mention of Spencer and Umbrella. There's still knives being thrown at Piranhas. Uh, I think there's just the one, to be fair. But, you know, there's plenty of time yet. Have you have you got your copy, back? Yes. Oh. So it really is disappointing. Well, it's just all the... I can't remember the author's name now, but he just delights in drawing girls in bikinis and zooming in on their asses. And uh. That literally is half the content of the book. Newsbot's writing this? <laughs> yeah. Has there been any good original manga? In the series, I was going to say it's such a shame because I think it's such a great sort of type of you know genre. The prelude to the fall, per- yes, is excellent. But we've had the you Resident know. Evil Five one, which was atrocious. Those were awful. The, I mean, the, what I I still stand by and I like some of the chapters in them, particularly the ones that really run parallel with Resident Evil 1, 2 and 3, are the, you know, the old Wildstorm Resident Evil Collection 1. You know, there's even a bit with Barry going to see a psychiatrist afterwards for, you know, post-traumatic stress. And There's a tyrant in the psychiatrist's lab. <laughs> That's when it gets a bit silly. But, uh, no, some of it, I mean, I like, there's even little cameo things, just things as small as, like, Jill stumbling upon John as he's writing his letter to Ada. And just little things like that. Maybe they're not quite canonically, you know, correct. But, yeah, I like the early one. And then there's Fire and Ice, which is... Their tripe. Tripe, I was going to say, yeah. I've got Fire and Ice. It just makes absolutely no sense. It's not just bad. It just doesn't make any which, sense which, at all. Which is the one where... Um, it probably is this one. Uh, the one where Barry fights liquors in space. Oh, no, God. There's space B.O.W.s in, um, oh, in the, the Resident Evil 5. 5. Yeah. yeah there was, which is weird, because oh, if, oh. if you look at the back of the Resident Evil 5 promotional pamphlet thing declassified on the back of that it advertises the resident evil, those resident evil 5 uh, comics as portraying chris's emotional traumas in the lead up to re5 and and sounded really good i don't know that must have been a story they completely ditched because obviously we've got nothing like that well it, it didn't get past the uh, the official newsbot canonometer so that's why it does <laughs> that's why it doesn't get any mention whereas the wicked sea novel does I don't want to be controversial, but I got someone translate that as being slightly different. I think uh, in terms of in terms of in terms of the uh, the title, but I just didn't even mention it. So what is the title? I'll find while we're talking. I'll find the email again and let it. I just sent it to a Japanese lady and uh, so someone with a native tongue. Yes, they've done translations for me before. I'll look back over my old emails and I'll get it. That does conclude the news. Moving on now, uh, there's no site news today, folks, so we're going straight on to our main discussion, which is going to be over everyone's favourite Chinese spy, 
Ada Wong. The only reason I've taken on this mission is to get closer to my own objective. No matter what happens, I can't let anyone figure that out. Of course, hiding in the shadows isn't my style. I'll have to reveal myself to him and offer advice once in a while. So the uh, the format for this is obviously it's a bit different to our usual brief impression things like that. We're going to start with a, uh, a smaller discussion on separate ways, which was, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, one of the the best side games in the series and made me hate buying a GameCube really because I was annoyed that it came out first as exclusive on the uh, on the PlayStation Two. Um, an interesting side mission during RE4. Um, we want to open up to the forums as to what everyone thought of it. And did it improve Resident Evil 4 at all? Did it help you understand the Ada background and her involvement with Wesker and things like that? Who wants to start? I think it single-handedly saved the story of the entire series. Even though to this day I still don't understand what the hell is going on (laughs) in separate ways. Obviously Resident Evil 4, the main storyline was bollocks. And when Capcom announced separate ways and they released that trailer and it had Wesker in talking about Leon and stuff, it just... It just straight away made everything more relevant and it kept the story on the right track and following the plague as we got in 5 later down the line, Biohazard 4 sits very nicely in the overall storyline now, I think. There's lots of discussions, of course, during it about her employment status and that hasn't really changed. I think Capcom made a mistake, though, because when they decided to invent Tricell to make the leap from S to Seashell to Tricell, that was only done through promotional material, was it not? on a website going seashell is evil and all that i think they obviously decided and reneged on the uh, on the name s and thought we can't call it s yeah it's a minor mistake but at least they've addressed it at least everybody knows now that s is tricell yes it'd have been far worse if it had been one of them little things that they're just conveniently forgotten about did they actually officially clarify that then it was the the script for degeneration oh, right. all the references to tricell in that script are seashell but then we had reference to the third organisation. The third organisation is the rival company, Umbrella's rival company. company. Mentioned in Resident Evil 2. Yeah. yeah. The organisation. No, no, the organisation is... is, is... <laughs> oh. I'm really confused. <laughs> so many. The organisation is basically a massive red herring. It's just who Ada is working for in Resident Evil 4. But it's my opinion that Ada works for a different company in every single game in the series. She's, she's just for hire. Freelance agent. Yeah. It's like yeah. everyone was talking about the organisation as this massive shadow company who's like integral to the entire series, but that's just not the case, in my so opinion. It's, so it's a shame. Obviously, they're a major player that they just didn't clarify who was the organisation in question because they could have even just called it Will Farmer in the end or something like that. Yeah. Well, we all thought when Resident Evil 6 was coming out, it was going to be um, Derek Simmons. Yes. Which would have tied in quite nicely, really, but obviously mm. they, they went down a different path. Mr. Spencer, what were your views on separate ways? Um, well, I mean, it helped Ori form makes a bit more sense, and you know, for what it was, it was it was decent enough. Um, it was good sort of see glimpses of Leon, you know, doing stuff that you did in Ori four, but you know, different perspective. Like I think I'm pretty sure that in separate ways, it fills in the plot hole of what happened to Leon's jacket. And there's, like, <laughs> there's a Ganado that's wearing his jacket. That is really good, that. And I, I like that. I love that bit. Because that <laughs> would have bugged the fuck out of me. That's well remembered. <laughs> I used to enjoy the first level of Separate Ways trying to destroy the space time continuing by chasing down Leon as Ada during the opening Chainsaw Siege. 
and destroying the entire timeline, but you can never I mean, ever I'm... you can never ever catch him. So, so that was your goal then, John, was sort of like I have to end this madness now, I just <laughs> go back in time and kill Leon S. Kennedy before an episode of Doctor Who. It did have a uh, striking resemblance, didn't it, to Resident Evil 2 with those kind of intersecting storylines. Yeah, it did it, it really well. It was, mate, especially with the bell at the beginning, you know, the bingo call was quite yeah. nice. And I mean, it didn't quite... I mean, it, she did a lot in that small amount of time that Leon was at the village. Yeah, there's one bit which doesn't converge over well, and it's it's something to do with when Leon gets knocked out. She only takes a quick jog through the forest, and Leon's already broken free, had his chat with Lewis, and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, and I think there's a, there's a questionable time jump, and I don't like the bit where uh, she gets tranquilized and then has the sacrifice because they evidently needed a way to make the time jump like it does in Leon's when he falls unconscious. Mm. Um, after the lake battle and they needed something for Ada so they just knock her out I mean they would have just killed her it just makes no sense mm. also in separate ways of course we had the, the new area in the battleship yeah I don't know if I like that really because it's, it's questionable where a small cult like the Los Illuminados <laughs> would get like a massive warship <laughs> and it also raised questions as to where roughly um, it was set in Spain because you never got the impression it was on the coast only right at the very end, I suppose, but... It, I don't know, it, it felt Castle's weird. The coast, isn't it? Was it actually on the coast? I thought yeah, it was just on... Leon takes a boat to the island. Oh, yeah, he does take the boat. Mm. Yeah, but no, I don't know, it kind of had the impression of a whacking great lake. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I got at the beginning. Yeah. Like, like you're saying, only at the end, on the jet ski thing, it kind of feels more open water. Yeah, it, that, that was the impression, you know, because it, it certainly was kind of northern Spain. And I remember, I think, who was it with? Project Omega, I think it was, I think, going back in the day. I think we scoured the northern maps of Spain to try and locate, <laughs> to try and find a place that had a whacking great lake, <laughs> as well as being right on the coast. It's somewhere near Bilbao or Santander, because it's the only likely place where it has that climate, but that was, that was the good old days. I did note it, I remember playing, because the first time I ever played it through was on um, on, the, on the Wii version, and it, it is quite evident, especially when you fight uh, Salazar at the end, that it, it was ported from the PlayStation 2 version as opposed to the GameCube. Mm. There's this one scene where, after Leon's fought him in the in that room, before he mutates, he then turns around and faces Ada, and it suddenly goes really kind of, not blurry, but more pixely. The kind of cutscene quality dramatically oh. drops for a split cut second. Cutscenes cut scenes are the biggest letdown. Yeah. They're still old, like, you know, DVD footage. They were done as FMV files, the, the separate ways cutscenes. Right. In the HD version, they haven't upscaled them, so they just look like a very standard definition. Oh, that's unfortunate. But it's a good illustration of the difference between GameCube and PlayStation 2 at the time. It's a shame that they didn't, as you said, they didn't bother to upscale them. Uh, George Trevor, what was your views? Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm a big fan of Ada Wong, and so I really enjoyed her compliment and the way that, you know, you kind of interjected into the timeline and you could, you know, kind of see what was going on in the background, you know, interlocking events, like you say, similar to Resident Evil 2. I would have preferred to have had that entwined into the main game rather than have the character swap that you had with um, Ashley, yeah. So, uh, you know, it kind of would have, you know, in, in a kind of a throwback to Resident Evil 2, I think it would have been great to have finally played as Ada. But yeah, I, th- I think it really added, kind of made Resident Evil 4, because I always waver, I can't, can never make up my mind about that as a game. <laughs> um, but I think it, it definitely, yeah, I think it's definitely a valuable addition. So what's everyone's views on separate ways with Simon Ada? 
Uh, it's just a little bonus mini game, really, isn't it? I don't class Simon Ada as canon in any way. But doesn't it have her extract the plaga? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you, the only bit you could theoretically take from it is the last bit on the helicopter, which you don't see in separate ways, where she actually does talk to Wesker. Mm. If you were to cut together a, a movie of all the cutscenes, which I think some people have done, you could chuck a Simon Ada last cinema at the end of the Simon mm. Bates campaign, and it would still work. And but, you would get Wesker's motive. Yeah. Is is there no official confirmation that Simon Ada is canon other than that video at the end? I mean, well, theoretically, you could have it because she's running around picking up the individual Plaga samples, isn't it? And or is it the assignment Ada scene at the end where she opens the case and you can see all the little the little samples in the box? I can't remember now. I remember having a discussion at the time because I remember it, it could still work within separate ways as timeline. Yeah, there is a jump, because the one bit, they, and it always bothered me, this, about separate ways, the one bit they don't cross over with Leon's campaign is the moment she takes him to the island in the boat. Yes, yes. You don't, you're not shown that event in separate ways. It always bothered me, that. And, and then, that's that's when Assignment Ada kicks off, doesn't it? Yeah, because she runs onto the island, and then Wesker communicates with her. Just randomly changed her clothes. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason that, apparently, the only reason they did that was because they couldn't get the dress physics to work on the GameCube version or something. Really? So that's why they had to give her a different outfit. Yeah, you know, the in-game, for the in-game model. The in-game, yeah. They couldn't get the dress physics to work until the PS2 version. Wow. But I did like some of the crossover sections they did have in separate ways. Like when you're fighting mutated Krauser on the rooftops, you can still hear Leon mm. on the floor shooting all the Ganado, you know, stuff like that. And you get uh, Krauser's death in it, don't you? Mm. Oh yes, because yeah, he doesn't die. Yeah. His heart actually sort of explodes and his arm shrivels up, which is something it didn't do in Leon's. And you get to fight Saddler in his human form, don't you? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, is that when I think where you cause damage by stabbing him in the eye? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? That, yeah. that fight to me seemed a lot more scarier than when you yes. fight Saddler in his big form because it was a small room, there's weird, creepy ambience, and he's just following you around. Yeah, and doesn't he, at the last moment, come up very fast on you? Um, yeah. Yeah, I preferred that to the last boss battle. He's got a big charge, he charges you, and... Um, yeah. But like you say, it was quite tense. Yeah, I've criticised RE4 in the past for not actually feeling genuine fear and tension like with the past games, but that's definitely a moment where I did. I think RE4, generally, the final boss battle was a real disappointment, mm. considering how some of them were quite good and inventive, you know, such as Mendez in the in the hut I thought was quite good. And Yes, I like Mendez in the hut. Yeah, and, and Salazar was a bit different to what we'd seen at the time. He's only 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Scott Kennedy. He's, he's what have I done? Most, oh, just creepiest. I love him. It's, it's just so, such a creepy, weird... It, it may surprise you, but I'm only 20 years old. <laughs> oh. It just seemed a real disappointment, I thought, for Salazar's boss battle. Because it's really, really easy. Mm. It reminds me of... Uh, what's his name in 5? Irving. Irving. Irving's battle is a bit of a homage to that. Mm. You know, the way he emerges from the mouth of a big thing. is still as a sort of humanoid that's melded into the sea creature. Mm. So it was good to see Wesker back, because it was, wasn't the last voice acting of old Richard War? Mm. That his last gig? Yep. And that was his... Not quite the grand send-off, perhaps, but it was... I thought it was... Um... Fairly masterstroke of them, the in Umbrella Chronicles, to actually have him end up in that little command centre place, which is where he spends all his time in four. I thought it was nifty. Yeah, it was a nice tie in that because when you first play separate ways, it made no sense why Wesker was in control of Umbrella's satellite system. Yeah, yeah, it did a good job with that. 
Well, as you said, Separate Ways was was the first of the rebuilding job of the storyline. Yeah. Which started with Separate Ways and probably ended with RE5, really, didn't it? But it had Umbrella Chronicles in between and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, I'm trying to think of a really enjoyable moment, though, of Separate Ways. I mean, if, if you strip the game down, it, you know, it was fairly routine. There was nothing new there, was there? It was just... No, I, was, yeah, I can't believe there was anything mem- really memorable. It was mainly just to help the story, really, I think. It wasn't quite as mundane as... Desperate Escape from RE5. Oh no, definitely not. That was no. pretty dull. But then it wasn't as mm. good as Lost in Nightmares. <laughs> I, well, no, nothing. I mean, that, that that's the pinnacle of DLC to date, without a shadow of a doubt. She had to fight the Bella Sisters a few times, though, didn't she? You know, in separate ways. Yeah, they have the key, don't they, for the church? Yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Or the jewel, something like that. You have to do some of the puzzles backwards now, don't you? And you actually set the gems that Leon has to put it. Yeah, that's right. Leon will come and collect. Little like things that. like that. Okay, I think I can conclude our separate ways mini discussion. We'll now move on to the main discussion, which is uh, back to our kind of normal layout, if you like, of a podcast. So so this is focusing generally on Ada Wong and her general motivations from the time we knew in RE... Well, our RE1, she was, I suppose, first mentioned, all the way up to RE6. What's the news on our friend, Leon? He's not making it easy. The sample? Sadler's got it. It seems he sniffed out our little game. Perfect. Just so we understand each other clearly, I don't trust you, nor does Wesker. If you try to do anything clever, I will kill you. Is that so? You know, I met Wesker long before you. We'll see soon enough if you did. Yeah, we'll see. What are your views of, of the character generally? Let's start with you, Stars Tyrant. I think um, for modern Resident Evil, as much as she is an enigma and it's frustrating, we've still not had any kind of resolution about her, even with the opportunity they had in 6. I think she's the single saving grace of the sort of later franchise. The only reason it remains to be kind of interesting with its mysteries. I think she's a great character. You know, and I think she's been wonderfully portrayed. I like the fact that she's sort of in controlling every. She's sort of taken over from Spencer in a sense, and that mm-hmm. in, he was the puppeteer of the earlier games. He was always the presence in the background that was kind of you know the result of everything. And she's definitely that. She sort of inherited that in the later games. She seems to be the only one that truly is aware of of what's going on, and she seems to have kind of influence over the story in a way in the direction it goes in. And and uh, just reiterate, I've said it countless times on these casts, I really do love that last little bit in Six where just for a second you get to see the woman that is underneath the cool exterior where she nearly loses it when she's shooting up the lab. Um, I think that's it's, it's really good characterisation but at the same time Six was a frustrating experience because I think we all thought when they announced she was going to have a separate campaign, which you yeah. unlock at the end. It was going to be the big reveal. You're actually going to get the history of her, maybe some flashbacks, you know. And, and the thing that worries me about her as a character, and this is where I'll, I'll finish my little bit, is I genuinely don't think Capcom know her story. And, and that's, yeah. that's what worries me. I, I think they genuinely don't know which way to take this character. I think the people who originally sketched her up, or, or, you know, when they when they crafted her on a piece of paper or whatever, I don't think they're with us anymore with, within Capcom. And I don't mm. think, like, notes have been passed along for the future mm. developers. Yeah. I just think it's... Someone, I think, has got the trouble of actually having to think, 
you know, if 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 we're going to try and close aspects of the series off in seven, what are we going to do with this character if we even include her at all, and thus prolong this agony for us, the fan base, even longer? I think it's intrinsically different to Wesker's scenario because at any point he could just be the main villain of the game and they could do the usual mutate and kill him off, no problems, no questions asked. But because she's not inherently evil, she's villainous, but not a villain, and she's, as you said, quite a complex character, they don't know what to do. Anyway, what's your views, Mr. Spencer? On Ada Wong as a character? Yes, just just briefly, yes. Uh, I think she's overrated, and I think that she's very... People say she's complicated. She's not, really. She's just there when the plot calls for it. And it's like, oh, I'm going to be all smug and just be like, hey, I seem to know everything and be in the right place. She is the Resident Evil equivalent of Brienne of Tarth. You know, she's just there when she needs to be. You know, just there for the social justice worries and the feminists. I couldn't give a shit. Punk, however, Punk's a great character. He needs more exposure. So on that bombshell, uh, fuck Ada Wong, bring back Hunk. Uh, next question. George, how are you going to respond to this? Oh, I can't follow that. Well, this that is like brilliant. Roy. That's strange. I don't know what that says about me because I was completely disagreed with John as he started that rant. But I enjoyed it so much by the end. I was like, I'm with you, brother. George, your impressions of Ada Wong? I, well, when I first came across her, I just thought it was just fantastic that uh, somebody that wasn't the main playable protagonist had just such a strong character and... and you know, quite an interesting little backstory that wasn't really generic and and, and just stereotypical. I quite liked that and, uh, you know, found myself almost, you know, feeling sorry for the betrayal of John. And uh, Sean's absolutely right what he says, how she's ended up. And I think the reason for that is it's just all these years almost in the, like in the wilderness, not in the wilderness, but all these directionless years where no one, yeah, at Capcom, and again, this goes back to not having a consistent team led by an inspirational you know, figure with talent and, and bravery, that no, no one at Capcom has known what to do with that or has, has, has utilised. You know, I do disagree with what John said at the beginning of that, because I, I do like her as a character, and I think she's really valuable to the series, and sometimes has been the only, the only redeeming, uh, well, not the only redeeming feature, but has really kind of held it up as something more than just a bit stereotypical or generic. But yeah, such a shame that Capcom didn't develop the character from such, you know, fantastic start with RE2. RE4, you know, wavered a bit. But then, you know, by the time we got to RE6, it was just, you know, just a joke what they've done with her. And Batman? Yeah, Ada Wong, she's not one of my favourite characters. But um, for me, she was at her most interesting when she was ambiguous. As in, there was potential there for her to be a bad guy. And I would have liked her to be... Not necessarily flat-out evil like Wesker was, but, you know, someone who didn't have the best intentions for the world, but yet she still had this relationship with Leon, who's fundamentally one of the good guys. But that's what I could was have saying, made... I was saying, you know, you were saying how, like... I Sorry for interrupting you, but I was saying, you know, you're saying how um, she was quite an ambiguous character and you preferred her to be that ambiguous character. Don't you feel that Nikolai is kind of like that? You know, he's not necessarily outright evil, per se... He's kind of ambiguous. Is he? Oh, I think he's pretty bad. He's, I he's, think he's, he's pretty totally betrays it. <laughs> yeah. What's ambiguous about him? <laughs> All right, go back to fan wanking of Rita Wong. No, go on. What's, what's ambiguous about Nikolai? What's his good qualities? <laughs> well... All right, okay. I didn't really plan that one out. But Hunk is more ambiguous. 
Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. No, but I just mean like how in six, for example, you could tell Capcom toyed with the idea of making an evil, and then I thought, no, we can't do that. We best play it safe and create a clone, an evil clone instead. Whereas it would have been much more interesting if, you know, she was this bad guy, but she still had feelings for Leon, and Leon tried to protect her, even though he knew she was working for the bad guys. I think they pissed that away in Resident Evil 6. But I'll just echo what Sean says. I mean, yeah, I don't think Capcom know where they're going with her. And whatever resolution we do get, it won't be what was originally intended for the character. We must uh, just quickly say we must be grateful for Small Mercies as well, because if uh, anyone can remember, the original plan for her in 6 was to have each previous iteration of her in each game as a different clone. Yeah. Ooh. Which uh, would have been a series killer. Yeah, definitely. What about right. you, Nick? What do you think? I, I found her in Resident Evil 2 is obviously this kind of intriguing character, and I thought she was quite a good counterpoint to Claire's goody-two-shoe motherly approach. And... Because you kind of grow quite fond of her through playing as Leon, and then she just stabs you in the back, you know, or just runs away, doesn't do a lot. She knows stuff, she's not telling you, but then she helps you. Then she helps you with the rocket launching, like, okay, that's cool. She leaves you asking questions, and I suppose throughout the series that's always been quite successful. RE4, you're left asking a lot of questions, even though she answered quite a few. I felt her biggest disappointment may have even been in Degeneration. Not Degeneration, sorry, Damnation, because I don't think her portrayal and that added anything mm. to her character and um, RE4 rightly or wrongly added more to it whereas you had a whole film that was had a really good opportunity to delve into her character a bit more especially with a kind of bitch off with the with the president I thought that was quite interesting and again it, it shows how important she is in the series because people know her and have heard of her and she's, she's clearly a big deal rather than this lowly spy so I was disappointed the way it's going because I think up to RE4 I think she was quite cool and intriguing and I think she's losing her this appeal as it goes on and they've kind of made her to be this really big important character when you never quite got that impression even at RE4 you just kind of thought that she was kind of a, someone for hire by Wesker and that worked quite nicely but I think RE6 especially made her to be super important and you never kind of got that impression in RE2 I didn't find anyway. Mm. When we first knew she was coming back in four, I didn't understand why. I thought there was absolutely no need to bring Ada back, mm. because just for the reasons you said, Nick, you know, she didn't feel like she was an important cog in the overall machine. No, no, and they, they've upped her ante over the years. But I, I think the RE4 level was a good level of kind of, you know, she's she's been hired by Wesker to get the plague, then he then she stabs him in the back, and and that was quite nice because not many people get one over Wesker. But it's always, it's always bugged me, though, how Wesker's never seemingly done anything about that. No. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd have thought he would have... Plot armor for Ada. Yeah. And but always yeah. missed opportunities with the character as well, I think. You know, like, I, I think one of the things a lot of us were looking forward to when they announced she was going to be in Fort was going to be to see Leon's reaction to her being alive. And that, yes. that, was, that was done off screen. You know, by the time they actually do meet each other in game, Leon is well aware... And there is no there is no dramatic payoff from that, and there's further inconsistencies. The, the more you go into the story, like I just cannot believe the amount of interaction that Chris and Leon would have had. I just can't believe that after 15 years of after of her, you know, first being introduced in 1998, Chris has never heard of her, and there's never been a discussion or a conversation about her. You know, even from yeah. Claire. You know, Claire has met Ada before. Surely she would have spoken to 
Chris. Is she? About, well, they have a brief interaction in two, don't they? Do they? Don't they? No, oh, my they, memory's no, no, they don't. failing me. Uh, you're thinking of Dark Side Chronicles. I'm thinking of Dark Side Chronicles. Oh, oh my God, see, look what that game has done. <laughs> tainted my own memory. But regardless, Leon would have spoken to Claire. How did, how did you survive it? Oh, I had the help of... No one. I did it all on my side. Obviously, would have said maybe he did. He kept her secret safe, like to protect her in his own way because he loved her. Yeah, that that would that would be better. And and that's another thing. Like they they hit in the trailers, they set up. They always miss you know underuse the the potential of the character because obviously the the Resident Evil Six. The big hook in the trailer was Chris versus Leon, and the fact that the the character of Ada is going to cause a massive conflict between these two characters. You know, and, and one, one will want to protect her, one will want to kill her. And all it amounts to, in the long run, is a two-minute cutscene. Yeah. That's the entire potential of that scenario, is just pissed away in, in one exchange. They could have based the whole game around that conflict. They did. More yeah, yeah. And more I'm, interesting than what we got. But, but that's what I was talking about earlier. I mean, it's not even Ada; it's it's the clone, isn't it? The fighting over. Yeah. And but they, they, they do. But Leon doesn't know that at the time. I know, but it could have been Ada though. Yeah, it could have. It should have been Ada. <laughs> yeah, it should have been Ada. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't understand the need. But how much more fascinating would it have been though, given all we know about her in the series? If they had just said, "Yeah, fuck it, let's make Ada head of Neo Umbrella in six, you know, rather than just a clone. Would that have worked? I mean... Well, I just think it's fascinating if she sort of took over the mantle as the main series villain, yet she still had this, like, on-off relationship with Leon, who was, like, whose sole purpose is to stop all this evil bioterrorism stuff. Yeah, like, just, the just the conflict, really yeah. The, the inner... and that, yeah, and then the story between Chris and Leon would have really fireworked into something really good. Exactly. Because yeah. the series and would he... have never gone there before. And imagine and that, if fresh. he... At the end of it, he realizes that he's going to be the one that he ends up killing her in the end. He's like, you know, I love you, but I can't let you do this. And he's got a gun aimed at her. And, you know, you really feel like some kind of emotional shit going down in there and conflict within him. And, you know, he's the one that ends up pulling the trigger on her. That would have had a lot of emotion. They could have even done like an MGS3 homage where you have to pull the trigger Mm. (laughs) like the boss. I'd have happily pulled the trigger in that case because I hate Ada. <laughs> so I suppose the question, the answer to the question, is she a key player in the series? I think she's become, she has become it, and she's kind of taken over Wesker's mantle as being shoehorned into it, rather I should say, because hey, it's a female character, so all the beta males and feminists will flock to her. There we go, we've got that market but, audience. But then I suppose they've got this unbridled desire to keep the name Wesker floating around for some reason versus the, as I said, their the, the growing affection, if you like, for Ada to be more important. It goes back to Sean's point. Do they know what they're doing? Obviously, they want to keep some Wesker alive. And I predict now that a Wesker of some sort. See, they should have had Alex Wesker as the leader of the other thing and actually Ada's true employer. Yeah, that would have been ridiculously which, good. Which is why she backstabbed him. You know, yeah. it could have worked. Two months had passed since the mansion incident. To regain everything that I had lost in my new organization, I joined hands with Ada Wong, a female agent who was also sent to spy on Umbrella. Identify yourself. Ada? Ada Wong? Ada Wong? I've heard that name before. I think she stayed fairly consistent in this kind of spy role, and I think four. I think she was perfect in four, aside from the exploding lipstick and the sunglasses and all that crap. 
I think her level of intrigue at Resident Evil 4 was at its absolute peak, and she certainly generated a lot of discussion after the game, which I think helped helped RE4 in, in the long run. I would agree with Bats that RE6 was awful from a storyline perspective, and I think you're right. I'm not quite sure where they can go from here in order to get a satisfactory outcome that dedicated fans like ourselves would go, oh, yeah, I like that, I like that, because I just can't... I don't know where they can really go and i said we, we shall see we shall see but I, I do like her as a character generally i think she's one of the more well-rounded characters because she does get a lot of uh screen time and perhaps mr spencer is right she has been slightly oversaturated but i think even from her nondescript appearance in say damnation i think although it didn't add to her story added to the intrigue a bit more which is what made re6 even more disappointing because it didn't do anything and it should have done especially after the teaser trailer, which showed that teaser of that potential conflict between Chris and uh, Leon over Ada, which would have been a perfect, perfect end to it, but never mind. So I suppose a key question is whether, whether she is a, a big player in the series now, and we can look at her, her timeline in a bit more detail uh, in a bit later, but I think, Batman, you touched upon whether she's good or bad in terms of her affiliation. Hmm. Well, like I said, it, I think it was better when it was much more ambiguous because every game she's in, she always goes on about her ultimate motivation and how it's imperative that that remains a secret. It seems to be, in six, the Japanese files anyway, seem to hint that she's infiltrated the highest levels of the BOW underworld, whatever that is. And to be honest, I genuinely don't know where they can go with it because we've lost Wesker and we've lost Derek Simmons and they were the, the two people that she sort of played off against. And to be honest, I'm clueless as to where they can go. And it wouldn't surprise me if Capcom ultimately can't decide what to do with her and simply kill her off, you know, saving Leon's life or something pointless like that as a way of saving themselves, having to explain the full motivations of this character because I just don't think they have a clue. No, I'd agree with that. I think when, when um, you know, the promo for Six was happening yeah. and... Um... You know, you, you, we found out she was going to feature in the storyline quite heavily. And then there was the announcement that she's going to have her own campaign that unlocks at the end and you're going to learn things about her and see things from her perspective. I think everyone was thinking, this is great. You know, we're, we're finally going to learn what makes the character work and everything. And they just do nothing with her. It, it's just a waste of time. Remember, you know, we just said one of the biggest problems story-wise with Six is that every character enters it and leaves, you know, the same. And that goes with Ada as well. We, we know nothing about her at all. Even though you learn little bits about her backstory with Simmons, that doesn't amount to anything. It's nothing really to do with her. Are we being a bit disingenuous, though? I mean, we were slightly concerned with Wesker and his viral collection program that seemed to litter all the games, and then out comes Capcom with Resident Evil 5, which, from a storyline perspective, completely wrapped up Wesker's involvement mm. in Umbrella and other corporations since 1991 all the way up to 2000 and whatever the year RE5 set. And, you know, they can do it. Could they possibly pull an RE5 out of the bag? Well, I think I've said this before. I fully expected that's what 6 would be like because, like mm. you said, Resident Evil 5 finally answered all the, the questions relating to the sort of Chris, Jill, Wesker and Umbrella plotline. And I fully expected 6 to do the same for the Leon, Ada sherry u.s government plotline but capcom bottled it certainly her ambiguity has always been an intriguing factor and i think as i said earlier resident evil 4 was a prime example of that and you know we've already discussed separate ways a bit earlier on and 
I like that aspect, and I, I, as I said, I do think it's a disappointment that we didn't get it. And the way Capcom are going at the moment with their kind of re-releases of classic games and the general positivity that's been received in the community, both old and new fans, it might suggest that they're going to go in RE7, whenever it gets announced, to be far more, uh, you know, le- less ambitious, should we say, than what RE6 was, which was almost... I say almost a worldwide outbreak of a virus yeah. and it would take a big storyline to reveal all of Ada's intentions. And I, I, as I said, I'm not sure whether they'll be able to contain and explain Ada's involvement with what must be up to what, maybe four or five organizations in a, in a small kind of, you know, RE1 style isolated setting. If you take Revelations 2, for example, that only dealt with Alex Wesker and her involvement with, uh, Spencer and Umbrella, and that that felt fairly organic. Whereas you think if if there was like a small outbreak on a little island or something like that, just just like in Revelations two, and suddenly you're confronted with Ada, who then goes, "Well, I did this," and da 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 da, da and goes through all her kind of connections to whatever organisation. I I can't help that it, it would feel extremely forced. And I think even in Revelations two, it felt a bit forced with all the Terra Grigia kind of hints and nods throughout although great for the fans it was just like it's a bit in your face at times i i just wonder that perhaps ada's finale whenever it may be does need quite a grandiose finishing off if you like in order to deal with all the various plot points that still hang over her so uh what we can do is have a quick discussion over a timeline because obviously resident evil 6 brings into the fold simmons and his involvement with uh, with the out with the kind of sterilization program and all that so the start of Ada's timeline kind of begins in 1998, uh, when she's definitely working for Derek Simmons, and we get those files in RE6, which shows the fairly fairly close relationship, I would feel. And that was always a fairly interesting point throughout the game, but was never really, I don't think, utilised to its maximum potential. Hmm. Is it explained in 6 what Simmons is doing in 1998? I'm assuming he's still working for the government, but I can't imagine he'd be National Security Advisor. He did advise on the bomb, though, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. Yeah. But Ada was obviously working for Simmons, and she was obviously working for Umbrella's rival company at the same time, because she infiltrated the mansion, didn't she? Yep. So, Gets close to old John. Yeah. But she did that for Umbrella's rival. She wasn't doing that for Derek Simmons, so... I don't think it has been expanded on what kind of work she was doing for him. No. Unlikely to be BOW-related, either. Uh, Possibly. I don't know. I mean, it's all still very covert at that point with Umbrella. There was no... Outbreaks apart from the little mini one in 1993. Saving that gap in the timeline (laughs) to to fill in with a side story title. (laughs) I suppose Umbrella was still working closely with the US government at that time, weren't they? So. Is there a confidential report that can shed light? I'm I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. But what about. Because we still don't know what rival company that was. And then, then of course, that, that ties in with Resident Evil 4. As yeah. to her affiliations and... Well, obviously we all know the rival company was never really expanded on it, was never named. No. Um, but Ada worked for them during the Mansion incident and during the Raccoon City incident. And then she buggered off and did her own thing, which I think is what the epilogue in Resident Evil 3 hints at. And then I think it's Archives 2 says that Wesker rehired her for the rival company in 2004, just before the, the last Plagueis incident. But it's interesting because I think we've said before that Ada Wong's not a real name. 
and I think Ada Wong was the alias she used when she was working for the rival company. Because in her epilogue in Resident Evil 3, she says, oh, I'm going to say goodbye to that name, I'm not going to use it anymore. Mm. Um, but obviously, they've sort of scrapped that idea because they've, they've used it ever since. <laughs> yeah. So, during Raccoon City incident, she was still working for the same organisation, which presumably was the same organisation that Wesker sold out to. Yeah. Wesker was tasked, as a, as a result of his failure, to get the... the was it the, the tyrant battle data they wanted? Yeah, and I think you have to assume that Wesker got the rival company a sample of the T-virus because it's implied anyway that once the outbreak happened at the mansion that Ada just sort of fled. Yeah. If you look in the Japanese materials, I think it's it was John, the chief researcher, John, that told Ada about the development of the G-virus. Mm. And, and obviously that's what led to her being paired with Wesker to, to recover it from William Birkin's lab in Resident Evil 2. Yes, and she did, and we see that in Death's Door. Well, before we did Death's Door, we can talk about her involvement with Leon during 1998 and the dynamics that he had with her, especially in RE2, which I think, I think, despite the voice acting, I think by the end was was fairly genuine, and I think it was actually quite convincing. And I think that was probably helped with the musical score in the background, with uh, especially when Leon's uh, injures his arm. I think that scene's quite a quite a nice scene and he does he does and, and she does feel obviously quite strongly towards him and uh, that itself was quite a marked difference actually from Death's Door where she's kind of this hardline super spy mm. where in uh, I suppose in, in her little mini scenarios in RE2 she's just kind of like delicately walking around but she's got a bit of venom in her you know with her abilities as a spy but it, there's, there's a marked difference I think within the same within the same environments. But. but that's what made her interesting at the time. I mean, like you say, she's firmly established now as a good guy, but yet she was the one who effectively gave the G-virus to Wesker. Mm. You know, you have to wonder why she would do such things. Yes, and I, I think, especially when you saw Death's Door for the first time, I think that was quite a good moment to see those two working together. And you were like, yeah, you are. You are a baddie. You're a baddie. But I like you because you're quite nice to Leon, and Leon's a goodie. And uh, you know, as you said at the beginning, that that kind of ambiguity was actually quite a good plot thread to carry on. And uh, sadly, sadly, it wasn't. John, your thoughts on Ada Wong? On Ada's involvement in RE2, especially. I liked her more in RE2 and RE6 because she was mysterious at what her role was and what she was doing. Mm. But in Ori 6, it was it was not as good. It was just too obvious. I wasn't a fan of it. What did you think with Wesker's involvement with Ada? And whether, did you think that, that flowed fairly naturally? Well, we saw it coming. We knew that you know she was going to be around with Wesker. Actually, no, I'm saying we found that in, in Umbrella Chronicles. We didn't, of course. We found that out in um, also in Wesker's report. Well, I guess it kind of fits. But then there's a the whole third organisation. And I think well, that's we'll get to more that, interesting yeah. than... Her deals with Wesker. Well, from what I understand, Wesker, because he failed in getting all the information, he had to kind of make it up to his new organisation, whatever that may be, and therefore get the G-Virus. So, as it said, it kind of made sense that she kind of bummied up with uh, with Wesker, or Wesker bummied up with her, should we say, to try and get it because of her information and connections <clears throat> with John. So, as I said, it did make for interesting dialogue. I'm, I'm not sure whether Death's Door kind of dealt with that properly, as it was all a bit over the top with slingshots and hook shots should I say and got a bit silly it got a bit over the top in Umbrella Chronicles 
And then we have the, the interesting moment where in, in Death Door, of course, where she fights the... Uh, uh, or, or I won't say this too loud, where she fights the tyrant from Outbreak 2. But it was definitely, definitely not the Outbreak 2 tyrant, even though it was exactly the same, in exactly the same place. It was clearly the escaped tyrant from God knows when, that's never ever mentioned. <laughs> I thought it had been established it was the Outbreak tyrant. Oh, it has, but... Oh, you're being sarcastic. My apologies. I was <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> Lost, lost over over the internet. Yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, that that was um, that was an interesting boss fight, I suppose. What is the official consensus on that? Because I always like to think it is. Yeah, it is. But in the Umbrella Chronicles guidebook, the Japanese guidebook as well, it's referred to as the Outbreak Tyrant. Yes, yeah. Or the Tyrant R. I think it was. It makes perfect sense to me. Uh, it, when he climbs the building in Outbreak File Two, he's like. It seems exhausted from combat, and I just always assumed it was, you know, Ada's beating of him, and then that's why Nyx grabs him. That, yeah, that yeah, because you, you, in Outbreak you fight the tyrant on the street, don't you first? Yeah, and the then obviously street. Ada fights him on the highway. Yeah, and then he kind of collapses, and then presumably then, well, then it has to be inferred that he kind of then falls over the edge. Hmm. And then when the outbreak survivors get back onto onto that ledge, either you see him crawl back up, and then the Nyx absorbs him. I always thought it made perfect sense, but there was... It, it, it's a bit of a stretch that you have to sort of put it together, but I mean, I, I think it's one of those... It's a neat little thing, if you're happy to accept it. It's a nice bit of cross-chronology. Yes. You know, um, I know some people on the internet, they, they don't want to accept it as being the same thing, but... To be honest, it hurts nothing, even if it is. You know, if, well, if exactly. It, yeah. You know, it's not. It's one of those cool little plot points that, if you want it to be connected, it can be, and it actually makes less sense if it doesn't, because it just means there's another tyrant running around. Yeah, because I think in the <laughs> in the files there there is a, an unaccounted for tyrant. Oh, is there? I think so. I can't remember. Is there really? Yeah. What of the six that Sergey drops? No. There's no. A... If I can remember correctly, I think... You know the photograph files you can get in Resident Evil 2? Yeah. I think there's one of a T-103, like a, a super tyrant T-103. In oh, a, photo, uh, in a photo tank in the CF. lab. Yeah. And obviously when you get there in the game, the tank's smashed and it's not there, implying that it's got out. I think that's it. I can't quite remember, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think you're on the right lines. So it's something like that, I remember. But, of course, I think well, my argument at the time was that it's clearly the outbreak tyrant it looks the same, and if it had been the super tyrant, it would have been the super tyrant. Yeah, just, yeah, I just own, didn't, I didn't it, understand. It, was like, it definitely is its own mutation, the outbreak one, isn't it? It was. It's a, it's a unique style one, very top-heavy mutation. Exactly, and whilst I, I took the point that the, the hunters that you fight in Death Store, especially, aren't hunter alphas, but hunter beaters, mm. but they've got the skin of the, of the alpha... I was, willing, I was happy to accept that, but I think... Because they're not a hunter out. Well, they are hunter out, it's just the same model. It's, it's just the outbreak liquors, isn't it? No, it says hunters in it. Because it's the hunter... Oh, hunters, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Get, gets, her, gets her bloody shoot, isn't it? As she jumps onto the... Onto the um, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, but it can't... Hunter alphas weren't in the... The one two one alphas weren't in the Raccoon City outbreak. The only ones that were running around were either the outbreak ones, which were the one two fives. Or the one two one beaters. So well remembered. Thank you, thank you. Um, well, this is the Nick who could wipe the floor in the in the <laughs> quiz, didn't he? But they did the same. They said, you know, the hunter, the hunter Delta, for example, 
was exactly the same skin as the Hunter Alpha, but it was it was a bit different. And they show the Hunter Delta in the Prelude to the Fall manga, and that's the only real official artwork of it. He lost his will and chose death. He was weak. Wesker. And you, Ada, you have also failed. Your actions in betraying us and helping that Leon fellow will have consequences for our organization. See this? It's a tissue fragment with Birkin's G-Virus. Well, despite some setbacks, you have proven your value to us. Ada, there are two things you must be made aware of. One, in just moments, Raccoon City will be completely eradicated by a government-launched missile. In two, an umbrella officer will be leaving town in a helicopter. If you are not honored, there will be no way to leave Raccoon City. It is in our best interest that you survive. The G-Virus sample is required. If the T-Virus did this, what would happen if the G-Virus got out? Okay, so I just want to, if we touch on the the RE3 epilogue then, interestingly, I think, you know, uh, Bats has already touched upon it, actually has this kind of change of heart, but then obviously has another U-turn, more U-turns than the Tory government, it seems, about, oh, yes, yes, we'll get political on this, on this podcast, about keeping the Ada Wong name going, so much so that she was quite reckless in it, as by the time RE4 takes place, uh, Leon quizzed her about, so it's true, you are working with Wesker, not true, you're alive. Yeah, and that's what I alluded to, that the, the disappointment yes. of events being told off screen. Because, yeah. as you said, that could have been, a, could have been a, a proper defining moment where he's about to be killed by Sadler or whoever. I remember um, the build-up to Resident Evil 4. I remember I was one of those sort of early people who wrote it off because I didn't like what they'd done with the, you know, the removal of Umbrella in the opening cutscene. I didn't like the idea of a cult or Sadler. And, and you know, it, it was getting to grips with the lack of zombies and stuff. And, and it was actually this, the relationship between Leon and Ada, which was one of the reasons I was invested in, in, in playing the game. And... The, the first moment they have that sort of square off and she kicks the gun out of his hand and I just thought we're going to get some I'm going to get a really awesome moment here. Yep. And uh, he just says, "Oh yeah, it's true. You're working with Wesker." And I was like, "What? Why aren't you saying holy fuck you're alive?" Uh, you know, you know, it's it was just such a poor payoff. Oh, so you, yeah, so, so you did survive. You did give me the rocket launcher or whatever it was gonna. Yeah, yeah. it was it was real. You know, it just it just again it's just the, the disappointment of four carried on. It just, just seemed such such a big jump, didn't it? As you said, it was it was that moment of as you said, not that you're alive, but you're alive and you're suddenly working with the big bad from the series. Um, who I think at that point we hadn't even known Wesker was involved in RE4. No, I think that's the first mention. Yeah, that he's in the yeah. game. So suddenly, oh, oh, Wesker, oh, and again, it just kind of shows the uh, the fanboyism that Capcom were trying to create with Wesker by making him, you know, the number one person and let's team him up with Ada and I don't think they got their priorities right with that. Because they could have arguably they could have had that scene a bit later on in the game. You know, they could have had that reunion scene where mm. perhaps Leon thinks, Oh he, she's come to save my life, thank God for that 
and then suddenly, you know, she, I don't know, punches him in the stomach and gets out of there because she's got a job to do. And then you, you kind of have that kind of heartbreak. And then when he meets up with her again, then it's, you're working for fucking Albert Wesker, aren't you? Put your hands where I can see them. Sorry, but following a lady's lead just isn't my style. Put them up now. Advice, try using knives next time. Works better for close encounters. Leon. Long time no see. Ada. So it is true. True? About what? You, working with Wesker. I see you've been doing your homework. Why, Ada? What's it to you? Why are you here? Why'd you show up like this? <laughs> See you around. Ada! This Ada. is why we've we've alluded to this evening already. Why separate ways salvages the story of four yes. quite dramatically. Because the vanilla Resident Evil 4 is a very hollow experience in terms of storytelling and characters. Even with assignment Ada at the end, yeah, it doesn't flesh it out as much as it needs to because of um, separate ways and the report at the Ada's report at the end, especially her. You know, she details the kind of conflict that she has. To me, her appearance in four is simply because Mikami, because I believe he is the writer to that game, mm-hmm. clearly couldn't come up with a series building aspect of conspiracy, so he just threw Ada in and thought, well, she's kind of mysterious; she'll do but had no idea how she really should be integrated into the story. Because, forgive me if I'm wrong, isn't Separate Raves written written by someone completely different? I think it was, yeah. And so evidently someone else has come along and and, and actually made that connection and and worked it out. You know, that she actually is there for a reason, not just there because I need a spy character in this game to give the story some substance. And, you know, people can speculate on the mystery. Oh, we'll just put Ada in there. And then we'll do a throwaway mention to Wesker. Yeah, yeah. Just to keep it all just continuing just a little bit longer. No, you're right. The the GameCube version, if you like, of the storyline is quite hollow in that sense. In the same way that, I suppose, Revelations 2 does with a lot of nods to previous games. I suppose that's exactly what Ada's role in RE4 GameCube version is. Oh, look, it's Leon. He's back. Oh, he had a thing with Ada Wong. Let's put her in. And she works for Wesker. Remember him from Code Veronica? Yeah. And the fans will go crazy speculating yeah. over it. Yeah. I mean, it's evidently they knew when they came around to doing the the PS2 version with the additional content, they knew that's the hook they had to play on to get people to sort of double dip. Yes. Because they knew the fans, that that's the sort of stuff they'll be invested in. And, and they marketed it wonderfully by using some of the big moments of the, you know, I, rem- I remember the, one of the, the huge uh, lines they dropped in the trailer for the PS2 version was that he's a survivor of Raccoon City and yes, I all remember that. that. Yeah, that was good. Mm. You know, so it's always sad when a sort of well, I mean, we, we've already said this evening. I'm not going to go back into it more, but separate ways is the more important chapter of four. Just reiterate that again. You know, it, without separate ways, four is nearly irrelevant to me. 
I would agree. I would agree. As you said, I just wonder what Mick and me's involvement, whether that analogy that you put forward was, was an accurate portrayal. Because it, on the face of it, it sounds like it is. And had it not been for separate ways, which kind of all it really did, uh, I think, from my opinion, is kind of restore that Enigma mystery that was created by Resident Evil 2. Yeah. yeah. Because, as I said, the GameCube version just, oh, she's just a, after all this time, she was just someone working for the big bad in RE1. That makes it a slightly small world. Uh, and then separate ways kind of said, well, actually, she's double-crossing Wesker, who himself has kind of betrayed the company that they've both been working for. But they've both betrayed him, and he's betrayed her, or blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and there's far more to it. The disappointing thing with sort of post-separate ways is she disappears storyline-wise for six years, and then has the most pointless appearance in um, Damnation. <sighs> That's a, such a shame. I, I think that Damnation is, was a, a huge missed opportunity. Because, again, they use her in the marketing really yeah. well, you know, because I think they use the, the line of dialogue. You know, I'm a member of the BSAA in the trailer. So of course, you know, the fan base goes crazy because it yep. looks like she's playing, you know, she's using a persona and, you know, and she's managing to mislead everybody. And, and her appearance in the film is it's just so underwhelming. She just, I mean, she does nothing. And then, obviously, the hook at the end, which is still open, I think... That was a plot. I think it was always intended to be Simmons. The yes. At the end. But it can't be, could it? No, I don't think it can now. Because they, cause they weren't. They weren't in communication at that point. She had already. And yeah, then you can't it. believe they allowed a, an error like that to occur. So no, someone was doing Mahara Desire at that point as well. So. <laughs> Is that finished yet? <laughs> I don't know. Madam President, your visitor has arrived. Show her in. Welcome to Eastern Slav, my dear. I am President Svetlana Belakova. Gentlemen, allow me to introduce you to our guest. This young lady is a special investigator for the United Nations Bioterrorism Security Alliance. Good day, Madam President, gentlemen. I have been sent here by the BSAA. My name is Ada Wong. So, yes, that brings us nicely to 2011, uh, I suppose, with Resident Evil Damnation and the incident in the Eastern Slav Republic. And, yes, we've kind of touched upon the Derek Simmons involvement or the lack of... Because I think, I think if you actually look at that, the image at the end, it clearly is supposed to be Simmons. Mm. It's clearly, it looks like his model. It says in the limited edition art book that only came out in Japan that it's an important figure from Resident Evil 6. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. So... But in, in story terms, it, it clearly can't, can't Not unless you think the Ada in Damnation is Carla Radovan. I was about to say, yeah. I suppose that's the only other way. Well, that would explain the kind of non-interaction between her and Leon. Is is that a thing? Is that a theory? No, I don't know. We just made that up. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It's the only way that the Simmons thing at the end could work, though. Yeah. And it's a shame, really, because Damnation had so much going for it. But like you say, it's it sort of suffers from the same problems with the main Resident Evil 4 campaign, in that Aid is just there in the background to get yeah. a sample, and that's it. Whereas, mm. like you said before, Separate Ways fixed that aspect, but there's there's no such thing for Damnation. What we really need is like a, a, a definitive Ada's report that covers her entire dealings yeah. throughout the entire series. That would be awesome. And again, that's what we thought Six was going to be with her own campaign. Which, yeah, goes back to my point. It, it is 
because of the the uh, the financial hit that I think Capcom got with RE6, at least commercially with the reviews, are, are they going to even bother? Cause I think I think I think because there's always you know for years now there's been talk of a reboot and things like that. Yeah. And I will say, if nothing else, with like Revelations 2, the remake of 2, 0, and remake remaster, I think they are invested in maintaining the timeline as it is. I don't think we're going to get a reboot anytime soon, and that is a good thing. Revelations 2 did some good in healing the sort of goodwill. Still not perfect. There's still a long way to go. But if they're going to play the Ada card again, then it has to be sort of for resolution now. Mm. You know, because 6 was one game too far, just playing her to be the mystery again. I mean, you know, with all the Carla stuff, it could have led to some really interesting material if she questions who she is with the doppelganger running around and everything. And she just doesn't... She just behaves exactly as she has done. She just deals with it and moves on. And, And we as an audience... And as a fan base, are just left completely empty. You know, I think so many of us came out of six. We went into six thinking, oh, we're going to get so many answers yep. about Ada as a character. The whole game seems seems built around her. And by the end of it, we still know nothing about her at all. We just we don't know anything. The whole game of six is just a colossal waste of time. It should have been the RE5 for Wesker. I mean, by the time RE6 comes along, we've got. Uh, you know, we've we've known she's worked with Wesker before. We know she's betrayed him. Uh, there's also the organisation, whoever they are, and then we also know that she has worked with Ricardo Irving from RE5, um, passing on Spencer's location onto Wesker. So she's still got some communication with him, and it was all kind of building up. We had little, exactly in the same way of Wesker, we had these little tidbits here and there such as Damnation as well, all building up to something. And, you know, you can mimic it to Wesker. You had him in Code Veronica, a bit bit of the Umbrella Chronicles, uh, mentions in RE2 from Wesker's report. And it's all little things. It all build up to a satisfying conclusion as to what he wanted with it. And as you said, RE6 just didn't bother to do all that with Ada Wong. And it was ultimately, as you said, ultimately a bit pointless in establishing exactly what she is after because it ended in exactly the same way RE4 ended with Ada. She goes out, she's done her job, and then she contacts her employer and says, I'm coming back. And you go, great. Who? Ah, I'm not going to tell you. But the worrying thing is, and I, th- I think we've mentioned this already tonight, I don't think Capcom know the answer to that question, no, Nick. No. And that's the worrying thing. You know, if you knew that they had a little Bible or a, you know, a reference book that's passed on between each writer with all the rules... And there was an entire section dedicated to Ada where it listed this is who she works for this year, this year, this year. Then that would be really cool. And I just don't think they have that. I think they literally... Well, they've got the archives. Have a Yeah, but they, even the archives is vague with regards to the organisations and stuff. I mean, it, it names them. It mentions the organisation. But does anyone really know what that is beyond so, it just being a name? If I remember correctly, in one of the pre-release versions of Resident Evil 4, according to Kawamura, I believe... His interpretation of it was a Chinese criminal agency. It was not further elaborated on. Okay. And I, I'm assuming that's where she got all her, her training and that from. And again, a huge missed opportunity by the fact that Ada was in her home, not a home country, but a, a country of origin in RE6, and yet that's not referenced or mentioned or, you know, elaborated upon at all. All it needs is someone with the, with the balls to say, right, let's 
let's evaluate this character and let's do this with it because it's a parallel of what happened to Wesker really because when they brought Wesker back they did it for I think they just did it for shock value to begin with yeah and then they sort of thought well hang on where we're we going with it every game he turned up in or he mentioned he was like oh yeah he was just in the background or he'd get his virus at the end and escape yep and then you could see it got to the point where Capcom said right we need to end this so let's kill him or whatever we need the guy from five yeah, and I think the time is, like Sean's said, time has come for the same to be done with Ada. I just don't think it will. That's my biggest fear. I think they'll either chicken out and kill her off, and we'll never know, or they'll have to do some sort of Sergei Vladimir-like additions to the canon, shall we say, where, I don't know, they'll probably make up some bollocks, like she's the daughter of a, a disgraced former founder of Umbrella that we've never heard of, and, you know... Her entire crusade has been to get justice for her father. Some bollocks like that. We'll make something up like that. Yes, and it'll be completely nonsensical when viewed yeah. within her interactions in RE2, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I hope not. I mean, it, w- it wouldn't have even been the end of the world, you know, if she was setting up Neo Umbrella. Hmm. You know, <laughs> at least there would have been, you know, there would have been method in her approach to the games. Just take Kyle Adame out of Resident Evil 6 and just have Ada as... Like you say, the person that founded Neo Umbrella. I just think that would, yeah. have been, that would have been so much more interesting. It had been a bit simplistic, I think, for Ada, but it, w- it would have worked. As long as she had a proper motivation for doing it. Yes. And obviously it would have made that scene between Leon and Chris much more effective. Exactly. But they, 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 couldn't, they, they didn't have the story capabilities of being able to have Chris and Leon at loggerheads over a genuine person. They had to go, oh, we were mistaken all the time which is uh, a severe cop-out. Enjoy the show. Yes, it was quite revealing. How do you mean? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it you on this tape, Ada? You're the one behind Neo Umbrella. I... Don't know what you're talking about. Simmons would never be foolish enough to show his cards. He and his family want one thing. To stabilize and sustain the system they've created. But you... You want to destroy it. And the world will blame you. Okay, does anyone want to actually discuss Ada's campaign at all? I'm going to be brutally honest. I haven't finished it. I got so bored of Resident Evil 6. Um, and I think I... Where was I? I was just in the Chinese bit at the beginning. And I think the chainsaw, uh, whatever it is, Huavo. And I thought, I can't really be bothered with this. The, th- the thing <laughs> is, it, it, it does... Ada's campaign does one of the really cool things I like getting games in zero. And I've always got a soft spot for this kind of thing. Two did it well, four did it well, and six did it well. I love seeing events from different perspectives. And I, and I think six, one of the things six does really, really well is how the campaigns integrate and cross over. Uh, and if you play them a certain way, you actually do get, like, like the, the, the way the chainsaw, the one you've just talked about, mm. Nick, the way he crosses over between, like... Ada's campaign and then Jake and Sherry's is, is kind of cool. And when you play it in a chronological way, like John and I have before, it actually all does cross over and, and, and work really well. Um, and, and so from that point of view, I do kind of like it, but it doesn't add anything to the game at all. And it, it, the Carla boss fight is just silly. 
It's really, really silly. I don't even know what it's about. She just becomes a huge blob monster that takes over the boat. And it is kind of icky, and it's one of the only real sort of horror moments in the game. But it just leads to a ridiculous boss fight where she's basically just a face that you have to shoot through and then shoot a nitrogen canister and it kills her and she just dies. And that's it. End of Carla. It's it's all a bit anticlimactic. There's no... She's C-Virus as well. Yeah. yeah, she just basically becomes a boss fight, whereas what the game would have done if it was a bit braver is actually have a dialogue interaction between those two. But they just spend the entire chapter of Carla just shouting at her while she is assuming blobby faces on the side of walls, and it just doesn't do anything with it. The problem with the Edisol campaign was that the ultimate reveal of Carla being a doppelganger was nullified by the leak ten months before the game came out, mm. or whatever it was. So... You don't get any answers as you're playing all the way through it. You just get one cutscene at the end where she's like, oh, Carl, you poor bitch. That's it. Oh, dear. I do need to go back and and, and finish it off. I do think the Mazda MX-5 scene killed me, though. <laughs> I just got, no, this is not Resident Evil. Oh, dear. We've touched on her ultimate motivations, I suppose. Does anyone have any other insight into where we think, even if it never happens, can we even speculate as to what, what she's trying to do? Uh, I think they could just take the easy route and just have her as literally just being a mercenary who just works for the highest bidder. Job done. Yeah. She doesn't come across as a kind of bounty hunter, though, does she? No. She's clearly got... I mean, you can see that in RE4. You know, when she sends Wesker another present and he sends it to the other company, she's not doing it just, just for the lulls. She seems to have a definitive motivation as to why she's doing it. It's going to need some of the best writing to get around this. But that's the problem. You, thought, you know, one of the criticisms, I suppose, of Revelations 2 was that it did feel a bit forced at times, I think, with, with a lot of things. And Alex Wesker wasn't as great as perhaps she should have been. And, it, you know, it was felt it was done there just to kind of please the fans. And I think when you're dealing with a big franchise, that should, in many ways, should always be secondary. Doing a film, the number one thing should always be the story. And I think with games now, it is all about the story. Then everything flows from that. I think that's been Capcom's biggest problem. They haven't been able to come up with a constructive storyline. And they've just kind of gone, well, the fans like this, the fans like that. Let's look at Cap community web forums. What do they want? Ah, oh, they want that. Okay, we'll chuck that in. And I, I think it's all been very piecemeal, as opposed to a cohesive, structured plan as to where they want to take the story, especially with Ada. I think she's strong enough to star in her own game, though. Yeah. Get, if we're going to get a game that explains her from top to bottom, then I think she should be the main playable character. I think yeah. that's the only way you can pull it off. As I said, you need a big game for her. But yeah, I, I didn't think of it, actually. Yeah. I've said it before, if, if they're going to carry the series on into a next generation with new characters or the likes of Jake and Sherry, then I think Ada would be the logical bridge. You know, the passing of the torch, so to speak, from the old generation to the new. I think once Ada's story is concluded, I think a majority of the old fans, shall we say, who've been since the beginning, the Ada plotline is really the only thing we have left. Yeah. And once that's yeah. answered, I, I mean, I personally, I probably still follow the series, but I wouldn't have as invested an interest in it as what I have done. Because for me, all the storylines that I was interested in are, are concluded. They could, yeah, they could almost have like, I like Sherry, I like Jake, I actually thought he was quite a cool character in the end. But I've always said a, a, a kind of reboot, a soft reboot, having Resident Evil 7. Don't even call it Resident Evil 7, call it Resident Evil. You know, just go back to the basics, but have it as a storyline like 30 years later or something like that, or 20 years later. There's been no biohazard incidents, and you could kind of have 
Ada Wong is this old recluse who's, who's built up a legacy of knowledge about BOWs. And, you know, it, it could almost follow the kind of Luke Skywalker role that we're presumably going to see in episode seven as that, as you said, that carrying the torch of the people who of the original kind of game slash trilogy moving on to the new trilogy, you know, from Resident Evil 7 onwards. That could be a logical conclusion whilst keeping the existing fans happy. Hey, Ada Wong's there. Her story's concluded. Oh, well, we've still got a Birkin and we've still got a Wesker. No, I would, given what they did with the character, I would be more than happy if, like, someone like Sherry became the face of the series. Yeah, yeah. Moving so, forward. Take I just think, you know, she's she's really cool, and I didn't think they would pull that off with her, but I was amazed how endeared I was to that character in Six. I, I genuinely think Sherry is one of the best things Six has going for it. And Jake wasn't horrendous either. No, he wasn't, to be fair. He wasn't. And, and you kind of got from that sort of post-credits ending where he goes out to fight the bioweapons in the street. That is kind of a torch passing with mm. Chris going to him. Yeah. I mean, the same way that Piers should have really been like the new BSAA character because all of the last chapter that of Chris does in Sick is talk about how he's going to pass the torch on to Piers. Yeah. Just... And they should have just fucking let him do it. They should have just had Chris either die heroically or bow out from the series in retirement and go and live a happy life with Jill and let Piers, Sherry and Jake carry on the fight from now on. And it just makes the end of Revelation 2 even more pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, to oh, tell Pierce to look after whatever. It's like, oh, you would have had though. You would have had Pierce, Sherry, Jake, and Moira replacing Chris, Jill, Claire, and Leon. See, that's quite cool because all of them are good characters. They are, and that is the one thing I've got to say. This series, this fucking series, the characters are phenomenal. You know that even when you think, even like a game comes along, and I remember we all, we all, come on, let's be honest, we all wrote Moira off from those trailers, and the, and, and and she turned out to be a cracking character in the end. They did a really good job with her. Yeah, that those four characters have all appeared in what one game each, and yet yeah. in all those games they've been suitably fleshed out to such an extent that we all want them back. That's quite an achievement because if if they suddenly said Resident Evil Seven starring Leon, I'd be like, oh. Yeah, you would be, you would. You would actually. Because, because I mean, what what the hell's? I mean, Leon is so he's so bloody cardboard cut out of you know insert generic action. The, the here, great the great thing you've said about all those that we've said about all those characters as well is kind of like the generation of characters that came before them. They all work in different departments, so that gives them an interesting dynamic to play with. So you've got Piers on the BSAA side, Sherry on the DSO side. You've got the terror save representative in Moira and Jake's sort of loose cannon. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of dynamic that a good writer could play with there. You know, I'm not always a fan of, you know, when a film comes back 30 years later and it's the son of one of the characters from the original trilogy <laughs> or whatever. But Resident Evil, I feel, has done this quite naturally. Because it has. It, it has. Yeah. It, it makes a bit of sense. Yeah. And of course, with a writer, you don't always have to include those four. I mean, they can always insert another character in and uh, a new character. And they've always done this throughout the series with either Sheva or Billy or, you know, or whoever, um, Krauser, even to an extent. And you could have a lot of dynamics. The only time they've really fucked that up is, is with Jake, you know, he's the, the shoehorned in Wesker son. Yeah. But there's a good writer out there who will retcon that cleverly into it being Alex's son. Yeah. Before we uh, end, is there any uh, other points people want to raise about Ada Wong? Just don't fuck it up, Capcom. You've come so far. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget about it. Don't leave yeah. out the next four games. Okay. 
That then finishes our discussion on Ada Wong, so we'll now move on to this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. New format. New questions. And new challenges. Broadcast a new quiz to test the resolve. Neptune's Biohazard Quiz! Welcome to this edition of the quiz. Only three participants this week, so a good chance for everyone to gain some points. Now, I can't remember... No, I came up with these questions. I'm trying to think. Someone um, someone sends in me questions occasionally, which is always nice. And um, I think I came up with these. Or did Vito? Vito sent me oh, some questions. No, Vito, v- Vito sent me some questions. These are going to be easy then. He did. I'm sure I had some Ada One questions. So I was going to use. What is the serial number written <laughs> on the side of Carlos's assault rifle, seen in a split second shot in, Umbra- in Dark Umbrella Chronicles? Right. So, uh, as usual, chap, we have five questions, and three of them are on Ada Wong. Two of them are not. The three from Ada Wong comes from our regular contributor, Vito. So thank you, Vito. Not too difficult. I think you might you might be able to do all, all right with them. So, if everyone wants to clear their desktops, you can open up Notepad. Let's go with question number one. Who established the BSAA? Do you want names? No, um, organisation. Ah, right, thank you. I I think fairly gettable. Question number two moves on from that question. In what year were the BSAA established? Oh, there's going to be controversy with this one. (laughs) I think, if memory serves, this has been a question before. But if you go back through the podcast, that'll be one, and it it did cause a headache last time. Oh, did it? it I think so, yeah. We got to the point where we're repeating questions. Okay, so question number three is the first from Vito. What was the name of Ada Wong's motion capture actress from Resident Evil 6? (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. (sighs) I think that's a good amount of knowledge. And question number four. Can you name three chapters from separate ways? Chapter one, chapter two, chapter yes. three. <laughs> I think I think they've all God. got names, Bats. Oh, balls. <laughs> Have they? Apparently so. This is this is uh, information from Vito. I do yeah, not, I think they do. I do not question the knowledge of Vito. Uh, is there a point for each, or do we have to just get all three? Three. Shit. But if you get two, right, then you get three, right? Okay, I'll leave you some time to think about that. And finally, question number five. What was the firepower of Ada's shotgun in separate ways? 
Oh dear. <laughs> this is nails. Some legendary veto questions there. Join us after this and we'll see how everyone's done. It wasn't easy, but I'd say the mission was a success. Getting my hands on the sample was my initial objective, after all. But I've sent Wesker a different present, just as the organization ordered. Pretending to work with him was entertaining. Albert Wesker. I wonder where he's headed next. Something tells me this whole affair has just been a taste of what he's got in store. To him, Umbrella represented power. He used it to hide behind while he made plans of his own. And now the Umbrella's been folded. With the sanctuary of their old Umbrella ruined, those in power struggled to erect a new one. They are aware of their own crookedness and deceit as they engage in their personal war of light and darkness. That's why Wesker will stop at nothing in opening his new umbrella. The giant pharmaceutical corporation S maintains medical and drug facilities the world over. We know for certain that Wesker has been in contact with them following Umbrella's demise. There's no doubt we'll next hear from him there. The organization must remain vigilant. But Wesker's not stupid. He knows exactly what the organization is thinking. He and I still have time to continue our little game of cat and mouse before the next move is played. This mission may be over, but the battle is just beginning. So, welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. We'll run through the answers now. I'm hoping people should get two. So, who established the BSAA? Batman, who did you put? Uh, the Global Pharmaceutical Consortium. Okay, uh, Stars Tyrant? See, I wrote the individual ele- uh, original 11. Oh, okay. guessing right. you're, it's from a more organisational point of view, yeah, so I accept I, I, I got that one wrong. Mr Spencer? I put Global Pharmaceutical Consortium. Yes, I'll accept that. I think the correct Japanese translation, at least according to Project Umbrella, is the Federation of Pharmaceutical Companies. But I will accept the English translation. So points there to Batman and Mr. Spencer. Question number two was what year were they established? Stars Tyrant? 2004. 2004. Mr. Spencer? 2002. Batman? 2004. 2004 is correct. A point for Batman and Star Siren. The only reason I remember is because Umbrella's End is 2003 and Chris and Jill are part of the anti-Umbrella organisation. It's not been named yet. Yes. Well, it's not turned out as controversial as I thought. <laughs> the BSEA file in Resident Evil 5 implies they were founded in 2003. Hmm? But on all, the Japanese, ah. on all the Japanese websites, it does say 2004. So. Ah, okay. Uh, question number three, which of course is the first one from Vito. What was the name of Ada Wong's motion capture actress in Resident Evil 6? Um, Mr. Spencer, did you know the answer to this one? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Batman? Uh, no. Stars Tyrant? All I did was put a voice actor down, thinking she might have done both, and it was oh. Courtney Taylor. Uh, incorrect, it was Michelle Lee. Uh, right. Good guess, though. Very good, very good. Because sometimes they do do both, don't they? So Yeah. There we go. So no points there. Question number four. Name three chapters from separate ways. Batman, you can have a stab first. See, I don't believe they have chapter names, do they? <laughs> I th- I, they do, yeah. I can't remember any of them. Is it not just directives like ring the church bell? No, I think the report files have names. Hang on. Let me have a look. 
because I, uh, I I don't have an answer, so I'm going to look up now. <sighs> or you can tell us, Nick, because I don't have an answer. Batman, I, I would suggest you carry on down those lines for that. That's the right answer. The first one. Ring the church bell. Yeah. Uh, stop Leon's assassination. Oh. And meet Lewis or something. I don't know. Mr. Spencer, what did you put? Did I have anything? Didn't know Dan Stone. No, I didn't know. I, although I, I, I thought the yeah, I thought the reports did have names, but I guess they didn't. I'm going to give a point for Batman there. No, no, I'll give him half. I can't be bothered. Nothing. All right, chapter. <laughs> one. <laughs> Wait, uh, chapter one was ring the church bell. Chapter two, rescue Lewis, Sarah. Not said, Lewis. I said ring the church bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you only got one. Oh. We got to chapter three was retrieve the sample. Uh, chapter four stop Leon's assassination and chapter five obtain the sample. There you go. So I suppose you got two. I suppose I'm being a bit harsh. You no, know, Batman, you should get a point because you got two. There, you got two out of the three. Two out of three. So very good. And finally, what was question five? What was uh, the firepower of Ada's shotgun in separate ways? We're looking for a number here, Mr. Spencer. Seven point oh. No, Batman. Five point oh. Stars turn. 6.0. <laughs> Point for Batman, of course. No. <laughs> was it? Was it? Oh, sorry, that was a total guess. 5.0, so well done, so let's it's have a... <laughs> Yeah, that's fucking hell. <laughs> Even his guesses are right. God damn it. So, uh, look at the final scores. Batman, you win with four stars and Mr. Spencer tied with just a single point this week. So, thank you all very much for playing. Uh, Join us again for the next podcast where we'll have some more questions. So, folks, that wraps up our Project Umbrella podcast special, if you like, on Ada Wong, uh, an insightful look. Um, next podcast, we are going to be dissecting the very exciting news that Resident Evil 2 is getting a remake, apparently down to fan pressure, as the uh, viral marketing would like us to believe. So we're going to be discussing that. We will probably also be having a sub-discussion on the recently announced Resident Evil Zero remake, uh, as well as probably just a quick discussion on the Origins collection that's being bundled out as well. Um, there's lots of news to get through, um, and apologies for the delay in this one. This this podcast has been recorded over two sessions, um, and so there will be a disclaimer. <laughs> there will be a disclaimer saying that we're a bit out of date with the news at the beginning of the podcast. But never mind, it will be rectified. We will be back. We will be discussing the key issues in the world of Biohazard and what we think of them. Should be fun, folks. Should be fun. I will say, therefore, thank you very much for listening on this Ada Wong special. It's goodbye from me, Neptune. It's goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, Star Star. That's goodbye from me, Mr. Spence. I'm Leon, and you are? Ada Wong. What was that? She was about to kill you. But you better start working with me here. Never make it out of this alive. Please, Ada. I need your help. You're right. What woman? Ada. She's 
is a special aid sentiment to retrieve the key samples. She was approaching the researchers and obtaining information about Umbrella. She'll do whatever it takes to accomplish her purpose. She's highly dangerous. Amy is... Need a ride, handsome? 